ready for brain stories? Get inspired and learn from thought leaders, CEOs, business owners, and managers who tell their brain stories, who share their valuable insights from their own experience. Welcome to Brainstalk. I'm your host, Bridget. For brand lovers, this show is to help you develop and grow your brand in a more strategic and sustainable way. Walk the talk. Let's get started and dive with me into the world of brains. Today, I'm excited to have Deb Kriya as my guest. Deb is an unabashed connector with information, knowledge, and resources to help people become more successful in business and in life. She's a LinkedIn strategist, marketing professional, social media advisor, professional speaker, and trainer. Since 2011, Deb has hosted the Business Power Hour, and she absolutely loves talking with her guests about a variety of business topics. Deb is the president of Wise Women Communications, LLC, a full-service marketing and public relations firm. She has an MS in communications management and an MBA in business management. I warmly welcome Dab Creer. Welcome to Brainstalk. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. It's always fun to be on the other side of the microphone, right? <laughs> Absolutely. We already had the pleasure with each other. Mm -hmm. Yes, you were on my program and we had such a great conversation. Absolutely. The hour passed by so quickly. And yeah, today I have you on my show. I'm really excited about that. So that before we go all about social media and in specific LinkedIn for C-suite uh, executives, Deb, could you tell us a little bit about your background, where you're coming from, about your personal journey that brought you right there where you're right now? Great. Well, you know, it's kind of one of those routes that, you know, you, you just kind of fell into, right? Um, after I got out of college and my, my original degree, my bachelor's degree is in social science. There is nothing that you do with that degree. <laughs> and so I went to work in, in offices and, and thought that was great. And, you know, but, but knew that it was not what I wanted to be doing my entire life. And, and so someone, you know, I, I read the book. I think that was when What Color Is Your Parachute first came out. And I talked with several people and <laughs> they said, you know, you do public relations and marketing for organizations for free. You know, I volunteered to do newsletters and, and things like that. And then they said, is there a reason you don't want to get paid for it? And I kind of went, uh, <laughs> you know, and so that was what started my career in public relations. And I absolutely loved it. Um, you know, I, I love working with the media I loved being able to communicate the messages. I've worked with um, one of the largest nonprofits in the world. I worked for the American Cancer Society, and I worked for a small boutique agency where we had a variety of clients. I mean, I love that because one one minute I'd be working on you know one thing, and then ten minutes later something totally different, and then ten minutes later something totally different. And you know, I, I love doing all of that. And then I went back into corporate America. And was a communications coordinator for, at that point, the company was called ING. Um, now it's called Voya. It, it was a Dutch-based company, and, and it has spun off to uh, just its, its uh, U.S. counterpart. But I was the, the 
communications coordinator for four business units. And, you know, and, and by a business unit, I mean a company. So, you know, there were four companies that, that I reported to. And you know, it was the same thing as, as like working with agencies. You know, you, one minute you'd be doing something, 10 minutes later, something else, something else. It was very different working with a budget that was basically unlimited, um, you know, and, and, uh, and, and, and doing corporate messaging. I also did crisis communications while I was there and was there during September 11th. I mean, that was a very scary time, especially because we were the seventh largest company in the world. And, and next to American Express, we were the largest financial company. And so, you know, it was not, it, it was definitely a very scary time, but you know, I, I kind of thrived on that. I thought that was, was very interesting. But they went through some acquisitions, as big companies do, and eventually had too many people doing the same type of job. And so I, I asked to be put on the severance list. You know, it, it, would, it had been stressful. I was ready to go out on my own, all sorts of things. And so I did. I, I received a wonderful benefit package from them. Went to work as a lobbyist for a while. Um, and, and now that was an interesting job to have. It was, it was very strange working in the government like that. Um, but it was also very interesting. It seems like everything I have done, I've, I've really enjoyed what it was. Um, but during that time, I thought, you know, it's time to start my own company. And so I started Wise Women Communications. And the goal of it was to go into companies and do the one-time or the short-term type of projects. So not your typical agency retainer where they pay you month after month and you do two press releases and that's it. Uh, with Wise Women, we go in, we do one thing, and then we're done um, for the most part. You know, there are some that, that we have longer-term relationships with. But, you know, the, the concept was formed because they actually had me come back to ING and, and do things for them because they hadn't replaced me, but they still needed those tasks done. And, and so I went back and, and did those things. And, you know, it's it's been great. It was, you know, it's been almost 25 years since I started Wise Women. Um, and along the way, of course, with any company, it has evolved and changed. And, and um, about 10 years ago or so, we started really focusing on social media as a business tool because that was the point where you know Facebook was really starting to gain traction and businesses would say, you know, I don't want to be on Facebook. Should I be on Facebook? You know, what, what do I need to do? You know, and, and all these things. And, and so for me, it is just another marketing tool, just like your website, just like a brochure, just like anything. And, and so we really work with companies on how to use it as a marketing tool. Somewhere along in there, I started um, the the, uh, the podcast, which has been a ton of fun. I love meeting and talking with my guests. Um, and then I've kind of migrated even a little bit further to, uh, as you said, focusing on LinkedIn for senior executives, on how they can build their personal brand by using LinkedIn. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> exactly. So we go a little backwards. Um, I would like to know what made you leave the safety net of being a corporate in the first place, what made you want to become your own boss? Why did you want to become the face of your own company? What was the driver here? What was your big why? What did you go for? Hey, you know, you, you and I have, have known each other for a while. And so you probably picked this up. I like to be in charge. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
<laughs> and, you know, and, and more importantly, I like to be able to pick and choose what I was working on, as opposed to somebody saying, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And I know that there are people that absolutely thrive on that. You know, they, they love to have that structure and, and things like that. And, and I just didn't like that. Um, I wanted to go off on my own. Um, I'll be very honest. My husband is the primary breadwinner and I have excellent benefits through him. And so I did not have that worry that many business owners have, um, you know, and, and so it has, has, you know, that has, has enabled me to do some things that for other people, it might not be possible. Um, you know, and, and, but it's, you know, it's been a, a wild journey. Um, you know, it's, it really has been something that has, has, like I said, uh, evolved through the years. Yeah. So to have someone who is the breadwinner is really taking mm -hmm. off a lot of pressure mm -hmm. because right. you can mm -hmm. do that um, in a very, let's easy peasy going way, basically coming from a perspective that is, if it works, it works. And mm -hmm. if you have this this easiness, yeah, um, this uh, lightness in, in, in the way of how you are doing things, then it will work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's always hard when you're under such pressure to be really good and productive and then to be successful because you are really uh, committed to that and you want to make this happen no matter what, mm -hmm. right? All right. Good. So um, I also have seen that you're putting a lot of focus on women. Why is that? You know, I think especially in senior leadership roles, women still lag behind, um, you know, and, and that's worldwide, uh, you know, and, and it, there's a variety of reasons for it. I think, you know, one of the reasons is a very important, very critical reason. I think many women are, you know, they're, they're at home, they're taking care of their kids, they're raising their families. And that is obviously, you know, in, incredibly important, but it means that then they're behind on the career track. Um, you know, they, they, you know, maybe they are out of work for 10, 15 years, or they're doing part-time jobs or, or things like that. And then when they try and go back into, especially a corporate setting, they're kind of behind, um, you know, and, and they, they, you know, even if they've been keeping up on what's going on in their industry and in their chosen field, you know, all of those various things, they're just behind in, in doing, uh, in, in having that experience that someone who has been working that entire time has, um, you know, and, and I think we definitely saw that, especially here in the States when COVID hit and the, and, uh, you know, the companies shut down, so many women just completely quit their jobs because they had to to take care of their kids. Now, sometimes, I mean, I know that was because the you know the men were the primary breadwinners in their families, and so they had to make that choice. But you know, even now, trying to go back into those roles, it's very different. Um, you know, and and I think we need to do whatever we can to help women be successful. And maybe that is that they're only working part-time or they're only working from home, you know, all of these various things. Part of it, I think, is redefining what the roles can be. And, you know, that is one thing with the, the pandemic, the whole work from home and network remotely and all of those various things has been such a great benefit to, you know, especially, I think, to, to women because, you know, they, they can accomplish more by and and not have to do the nine to five in a, in a business in you know getting in the car and driving off and and you know all of those things. 
Yeah, it's a lot of women that also leave their corporate job because of that. Yeah, they, they figured it's it's so much easier. I mean, easier. It's also, I mean, you have to accomplish everything. The day still has 24 hours, but it's it's an easier task to uh, be at home. And um, if you are disciplined that you can say, okay, I dedicate now this four hours or two hours to my job and the rest is the kids or whatever. So it's, it's easier to combine all of it, right? So that you really, I think a lot of people appreciate that way or the work style now mm -hmm. to going back and commute to an office and mm -hmm. coming back and maybe go to the office once a week only. So mm -hmm. that, that is, is, a, is a completely different way of, of living too, right? Uh, it's, it's got more quality to it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about uh, LinkedIn because you are the LinkedIn strategist for C-Suite. So what do we understand by that exactly? So how is that different in supporting C-level executives yeah, to become more successful in business and in life compared to non-C-level executives? Can you please go a little bit into that? And, and sure. what is it exactly that you offer? Right. Well, you know, for many people, you know, when LinkedIn first started, it was how we got our jobs. You know, we, that was how we kind of built a network. We cut and pasted our resume pretty much in, you know, and, 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 you know, we didn't really do anything more, it, you know, back when, when we first started on LinkedIn, it really wasn't encouraged to do posting. You know, it was just, it was almost an online resume service. And it's still in many, many ways is a great place and, and a fantastic place um, for people to get jobs and for them to connect there are many companies now that don't advertise their jobs at all anywhere except on LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, especially if they're looking for more corporate level type of, of people, things like that. And, you know, but it, it also at the same time kind of evolved into this place where it's, it truly is an online network. And so that's where it's important for a senior level executive for a business owner to really have a good presence there and have a good, strong personal brand. Because so many times when we're busy running our own business, you know, or you know, we're, we're senior level at another business, we forget that we have our own personal brand. And, you know, and, and that's so important. And, and I know that you talk with, with a lot of your guests about how important a personal brand is. And we don't want that to get lost in the shuffle. And LinkedIn is a great place to have that because you can have that personal profile. You can be posting, you can be connecting with other executives. You can be mentoring people, all sorts of things. And so that's where it's, it's a, uh, where LinkedIn is a really great tool for that. Mm. So where do you see the major pain points in your clients as a LinkedIn strategist or a marketing strategist? And how do you help them to turn these mm -hmm. pain points around? I, yeah, yeah, I think so many still think it's just for getting jobs. You know, and, and so they're, you know, and, and because they own their own business or they're a senior level executive, that's not what they're interested in. Uh, the other is that, you know, it, there's kind of a lack of knowledge about it. You know, what do I do? How do I, you know, how do I use it effectively? And more importantly, I don't have time. You know, I am running my own business. I am the CFO of a company. You know, I manage this big department, all these various things. 
And so part of what we show them is this is not something, you know, that, that takes a lot of time. And I think that they get that impression because they see people spending hours on Facebook or TikTok or, you know, all of the various other truly social media platforms. And on LinkedIn, I tell people, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day pretty much is it. You know, you come in, you're, you're drinking your first cup of coffee, you go through LinkedIn, you're done for the day. Not really a big time, kind, you know, unless there's specific reasons why you're going on to it. You know, if you're just going to check it every, you know, every morning, that's, that's what you need to do. Um, so, you know, once you've got your profile truly optimized so that it's really showing you off and highlighting your skills and knowledge, it doesn't take an awful lot of time to, to be able to, to keep up on LinkedIn. Mm. So uh, since you are a podcaster, we come to that a little bit later, and you are a LinkedIn strategist, you have had your company for almost 25 years, you said, you are a professional speaker and a trainer, so you are a thought leader, yeah? And, and you are also a personal brand, a very strong personal brand. Now, I would like to know from you, what is or makes the best authentic brand, personal brand, especially online on social media and linkedin as a right. social media platform so what makes that i think i think the thing to remember is that you are always uh, you need to always be aware of what other people are thinking of you um you know i've, I've talked to people who are incredibly professional on LinkedIn and you go to say Twitter or Facebook and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't work with this person. I wouldn't hire this person. Um, you know, and, and, and I, we, you know, we, we talk, we have the word authentic in, you know, and we talk about it a lot and we don't want anybody to be fake. You know, that's, that's not the point of this either, because if they meet you in person and you don't match up, you know, or, or even if they talk to you online, things like that. So you, it is important that you're still authentic to yourself. If you're kind of this comedian type of person, then it's okay to still be that comedian online, even on LinkedIn. Um, but just remember that anybody who is reading it, looking at it, all those various things, might be the next person who's going to hire you or refer to you. So it is very important to, you know, and, and I don't care if you're 18 years old or, you know, 65, you have to be aware of what other people are thinking about you. And that's basically what a personal brand is, is what do other people think about you? And so if they see, you know, say on, on Facebook that, uh, you know, you're always posting the, 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 the negative, nasty things, you know, this is what's going on. Oh, this is horrible. This is awful. I hate this. You know, why do you want to know somebody like that? I mean, sometimes their posts are interesting, but yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to associate with toxic people. Um, you know, and, and I, now again, you know, if, if it's something that's important to you, you know, I'm not saying not to talk about it, but think about how you're going to talk about it so that it doesn't come across as this horrible, awful person. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we, we've all heard that the line, you know, think about every time you post that your, your minister, your rabbi, your spouse, your mother, your client is going to read it. And you really should, um, you know, and, and, and the weird thing is it, it all ties in, you know, I, I interviewed somebody earlier for my, my radio program. We were talking about crisis communications 
And even the littlest thing anymore can be amplified so much. Um, there was a country western singer here in the United States, and this was a week or so ago, and I don't remember who it was. So I'm not even going to guess her name, but she clicked like on a video from kind of a controversial source. And so many people latched onto that and said, oh my gosh, she supports them. She loves, she clicked like, she might not have even meant to click like, and more importantly, it might not even be her. She probably has somebody who manages her accounts for her. Um, But, you know, simple little things like that get scrutinized so much, you know, the trolls of the world come out. And so you do have to pay attention. Um, You know, again, you have to be authentic. Uh, You know, I, I talked with someone here in Atlanta who very, very political. And he, you know, very, and, and he posted a lot about it on Facebook. And some of his posts were very controversial. And he told me one time, he said, I know I probably lose business because of that. And I said, yeah, I mean, you know, when you're, when you're posting something like that, I mean, especially here in the States, you know, it's, it's about 50, 50, you know, 50 or one party, 50 or the other party. And, you know, and, and so if you're being very controversial on one political party, you're alienating 50% of people you could be reaching. And he said, you know, I know I'm probably losing clients. He said, but it's just important to me that, that I am being authentic to who I am. And I said, you know, as long as you recognize that, then that's fine. It's when we see people who accidentally click like or share an article or, you know, things like that. And even just, you know, when you take pictures, you know, I've, I, I know somebody who lost out on a job interview because she posted a picture on Facebook getting together with my friends. Sounds easy, right? Well, you know, she was in a bar. It looked really pretty nasty, pretty seedy. And the company's reputation, they, you know, that was not somebody they wanted working for them. And just that simple picture basically cost her that interview. Um, you know, and, and so we always have to be aware of what impression we are giving on social media, um, you know, and, and sure we can have our websites. I mean, like I have my own branded website. It's debcareer.com. Um, you know, you've got your own branded website. And so that's where we're the true professional, um, people, but social media very much can, can damage or enhance your personal brand. Yeah. So we have to be really aware of what we are communicating and also when it comes to controversial posts whether we are going to engage with that or not and then what I also heard is um, at the beginning you mentioned okay what I show on LinkedIn and what do I show on Facebook so that there is a certain consistency of how I show up to the world across different platforms and channels right all right so are there any let's say um, tips and tricks or do's and don'ts that you want to specifically highlight in, in addition to what you have already mentioned when it comes to LinkedIn yeah. or social media in general. So on LinkedIn, you know, and we can talk a lot about this, I, you know, I always tell people more is good. Um, you know, when I look at somebody's profile and they just have one or two sentences you know, it, it really doesn't tell me too much about them. Now, I'm not saying that it's war and peace. You know, we don't write these novels with everything, but there's a reason LinkedIn gives you a fairly large character count. And, you know, you don't have to use every single one, but, you know, like say your, your professional headline. If you just say on LinkedIn, founder, president. Okay. 
Yeah, right? Okay, whoopee. But like mine says, unabashed connector and all those other things that, that you said. Um, it's a headline. It, the, the reason for a headline is a true newspaper or magazine article where you have the headline and you read it and you think, I have to read more. And so that's really what you want to think about when you're writing your headline. When you're writing your about statement, you know, again, so many people, so many people skip it. It's one of the top things that people see. And, you know, to me, it's kind of like the executive summary of something. You know, you want them to, to read enough in, in that to then want to read further and, and know more about you. So you want to, I tell people, it's the place to tell your professional story. Uh, and it's, it's a great way to be able to do that. I, you know, I, I go back and forth. Do you write it first person? Do you write it third person? I like first person because it should be like I'm talking to you. So I'm not going to say Deb Creer does. That just, you know, talk about sounding pretentious. Oy. Um, and so, you know, but it, it does. It tells that story. And, and say for someone who's looking for a, a new job, that's a great place to be able to say, I would, you know, I'm open to relocation. You know, my career aspirations are. So that way you can kind of, uh, you know, somebody reading it goes, oh, okay, well, this, you know, this, this is a great fit for our company. And then fill out every other section that you can, you know, put your experience that pertains, you know, I, you don't need to tell people what you did in high school, unless it really directly pertains to what you do now. Um, And, uh, you know, all of those other various things, keywords are obviously very important. Um, LinkedIn is searchable by keywords. So just like when you're writing a website, you want to think SEO. Um, And that's important in your, your, uh, headline also, you know, when people are searching there and, and it also ties into Google, because if you go and, and you do a search in Google, Google looks at keywords in LinkedIn profiles. So that's where you will see people's LinkedIn profiles come up. Um, but yeah, just more is better. More is better. Um, you know, don't bore people with it, but you want to be able to provide enough so that they think, Hey, I want to talk to this person more. Okay. So meaningful content and also right. interesting, yeah. relevant mm-hmm. content and content mm-hmm. that you also uh, touch people's heart and that you also connect mm-hmm. on a visceral level right. with, with the people, right? Well, and, and it's okay to be kind of the human on LinkedIn. I think we get so caught up with, I have to be this professional person. It's, you know, it's, it's perfectly fine to put fun stuff on there. Like in my professional headline, it says college sports lover. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had more than one person say, I wanted to connect with you just because of that. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and so, and, and you, there's a reason why LinkedIn included uh, being able to list volunteer activities. It shows more of the rounded person as opposed to just here is the business person. Um, so you, you, you can have fun with that. And even in your posts, um, you know, you can, you can be posting articles. Now, again, it is the professional platform. So, you know, many things that you would post on the, the other sites, you're not going to post on LinkedIn, but you can still have a sense of humor if that matches your personality in your posts. Yeah. So we are still human beings behind, right. you know, all the mm-hmm. businesses yeah, that we have. People. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you also connect with people on your own podcast 
the yeah. business power hour it runs uh twice a week and it's a headliner program on the c-suite radio which is part of the c-suite network and i have learned you started your podcast in 2011 is this true i know oh my gosh and it actually was a live broadcast i trotted my little self down to an internet-based radio station and i sat in the studio and it was so much fun because my guests came in too so we really could have some very good interaction by by doing that and it, it was it was a ton of fun to be able to do that and so why did you start it in the first place and and yeah why did you continue it and you were still doing it twice a week so what's the intention well, and you know, it, it is unusual to have podcasts that run this long. Um, you know, it's it's people burn out. It is it's a lot of work, as you know. I mean, you know, it, it takes quite a bit of time to research your guests, to set up the schedules, to do the editing. I mean, all those various things. Um, I started because I was a guest on somebody else's podcast, and I went, "Ooh, this was fun!" <laughs> and so I approached the station, and I and at that point, that was you know, like I said, ten years ago. So so. Social media was just really starting. And so I said, I would like to do a podcast that focuses on social media in business. And so we called it the social light. And, you know, and, and so of course the graphics were fun. I had, you know, this boa, you know, a, a feather boa, I almost said boa constrictor. That's the wrong boa, um, a feather boa and a fancy hat, you know, and, and all sorts of things because I was the socialite and, and we talked about, um, social media and I interviewed a variety of people on that and it was so much fun. Um, and then, it evolved into the business podcast because there really is only so many times you can talk about social media. And uh, I moved from, uh, from Mile High Radio, which was where we were originally, to C-Suite Network because it focuses more on business. And, um, you know, and, and it just was a perfect fit for me to be able to do that. You know, and, and uh, you know, clearly one of the reasons why I do a podcast is I like to talk to people. But more importantly, I like talking to people who have important information for my listeners and for my viewers. And, you know, it's just, it's so much fun. I mean, I interviewed somebody yesterday for the, for the, a podcast that will go live next week um, in Rome. Um, I've interviewed you. I've interviewed people from around the world. And so it really allows me to, to do a lot of different subjects. I also tell people I can talk, you know, I, I can interview whoever I want because it's my program. You know, so I've interviewed um, people about nutrition, about mental health. Um, I've interviewed several hypnotherapists. And part of that, though, is because I believe that if we're not healthy, both mentally and physically, it's not going to matter what we do with our business. So we need to be taking those steps, um, you know, and, and, uh, but yeah, you know, I tell me it's my program. I can interview who I want. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's all encompassing, right? It's the same with personal branding. Uh, and also in my show, I had someone who is a nutritionist and um, it's so important uh, that you are, I mean, you are, what you are and um, nutrition is part of feeling good and is part of um, making you powerful and stronger so this mm -hmm. is a prerequisite of being a strong personal brain right yeah so um, and it's also fun to have people from all around the world because of all the cultural differences and the ways of you of doing things and get a better understanding of each other Right, right. Yeah, because is and and you know, we were trending toward this, obviously, but I think the pandemic has really amplified the fact that that in many cases we are working with people 
around the world. So we need to know, okay, this is, is how things operate in, in, you know, in, in other places. And, you know, even if it's just simple things like, uh, you know, colors, you know, I, I taught a class at, at, uh, in, in Denver at a university, and we talked about how different colors are perceived differently in different countries. Um, you know, here in the United States, green is is a symbol of. It, it's funny. It's uh, you know an environmental color and it's the color of money. Um, you know, but in other countries, green is is not that. Um, black and white. You know, it, it, here in the states, it's purity. Black is a color of death. In other countries, that's totally different. Um, you know, and and things like that. And so it's fun to learn about what what can be expected if we're you know going to be working with people in other countries because we do get very self-centered and I don't care what country it is and we forget that you know other people have different views and and different ways of working yeah we are always relying and referring to our own value systems that we have what we are grown up with what we have learned but in other countries there are different um, belief systems and uh, different cultural uh, understandings and that and number four in China has a completely different meaning than here uh, and you have to be careful when you are pricing something number four yeah it might backfire people might not buy because it's associated with death so and the same holds for colors yeah so we have to be very very careful and also with a meaning of yes is not necessarily a yes a yes can also mean I don't know yeah? I have heard you but I have not understood so there's all these different layers we have to really, really be, um, yeah, um, pay attention to. We have to be careful about, right? All right. So, Deb, I would like to know uh, if there is any experience in your life that was a major learning for you, uh, a setback that, yeah, also helped you to grow from it going forward mm-hmm. in your life that shaped you is there anything that you would like to share with us because all, always these setbacks and and you know the mm-hmm. or failures right. in life or whatever always you learn from our failures mm-hmm. usually you leap from it because that's a, mm-hmm. an integral part of of yeah of your life and of your future right. thereby mm-hmm. right well for me it was i went to a doctor and this was six years ago and came out of it, you know, and, and they went, hmm, golly gee, you have cancer. Um, and, and, and I, I tell people I know just enough to be dangerous because I worked for the American Cancer Society and I worked for an oncologist. So, you know, I, I know a lot of those words. I know, you know, a lot of the terminology. And so initially they told me stage zero, which is, that's what, that's what the, the dream diagnosis, right? Um, and and they said, you know, this is going to be very easy to treat. We're probably not even going to do chemo or radiation. You know, this is is going to be very easy. We did some some basic tests. Again, everything came back as as you know, looking very rosy, very happy. You know, you're still just absolutely terrified. You know, you say a, the the word cancer, and you know, your your heart stops and your head goes 900 miles an hour. And but then you know, it turned out it was not stage zero. It was stage four and stage four metastatic breast cancer is not something that, that you want. Um, I mean, no cancer is, is what you want, but stage four meant that it had traveled to other parts of my body. Um, and so, you know, I was like, okay. And, but I still remember thinking this was not on my schedule. <laughs> you know? And yeah, I was 
like, well, how rude. (laughs) And so, you know, and, but then I approached this with, okay, we're going to deal with this and then we're going to move on. Well, whatever decided that was not going to be what happened. Um, And I had what my doctor fondly calls a catastrophic reaction to my very first chemo treatment. Um, And I ended up in, in the hospital for seven weeks. Um, I had septic shock, um, which is, you know, not, you know, they, they were actually arguing over how fast I was going to die. Um, and so I had all sorts of complications and things like that. And, and, you know, six years later, I'm actually still in treatment, but clearly doing very well. Um, you know, and, and I tell people, you know, the alternative was not acceptable, you know, and, and so you just keep going, but from, from, you know, all those perspectives, it taught me that we absolutely positively have to focus on now, you know, what can we do right now to make things better for ourselves? Because you know what, we have to be selfish. Um, And I don't care if you ever get a, a diagnosis like this or not, we do have to focus on ourselves. But by focusing on ourselves, then we can help other people. Um, you know, and, and I, I love this analogy and I can't, I can't take credit for it. Somebody else said it first. And, um, but they said, you know, there's, there's a reason when you're on an airplane and they tell you the oxygen mass drops down, put yours on first before you help someone else. Um, and that's very important to take care of yourself. So part of what I learned was, you know, to as much as possible, get rid of the toxic people in my life, um, you know, and, and really focus on, you know, on going forward positively. Do I have bad days? Sure. You know, there are days where I just have great big pity parties for myself. But then, you know, you get up and you dust yourself off and, and you go on, um, you know, and, and but it's it's certainly not anything that I would ever want anybody else to have to go through, even, you know, a mild diagnosis. It's funny. I was diagnosed earlier this this year with uh, skin cancer on my arm. And I was like, oh, whatever. And you know, I was like, I, again, I know enough about it to know this. You know, you cut it off. It's done. That's it. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and the, the doctor was very cute because he put on his concern voice. And he was telling me now, this is not something you need to worry about. And I went, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you need to understand this is, you know, no big deal. Um, but anytime you, you hear something like that, you do think, oh my gosh. Um, you know, and, and, but I think for anybody who is, is listening and watching this, it, it was definitely the, the wake up call. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, but, but it, it did show me, you know, there, there are certainly far more important things in life, you know, pick your battles, you know, does it, does this really matter? Um, you know, and, and, but, but be cons- you know, also again, like I was saying, take care of yourself. You know, I was real big on volunteering. Anytime somebody needed something, my hand went up and my hand went up and my, and no, you know, I just can't do that anymore because physically I can't do that. Um, but you know, now you pick and you choose, this is what's important to me, as opposed to, I'm just going to volunteer because nobody else volunteered, you know, find out what's important to you. And one of the things that, that I have discovered is it's, this is how I met you is the power of building those tribes of supporters around you. Um, you know, and, and it's funny, I, I never really networked specifically with women's groups for several reasons. Um, you know, it just didn't never seem to click. And after all of this, I have discovered that where I get the most 
out of are the women's groups, um, you know, and, and maybe that's because of the empathy, because of the nurturing, because of the support, all of those things. And I still network with men. I mean, you know, that's that's um, but it, it is very different. Um, and, and that's been very interesting as to kind of how that's evolved. And I don't know, maybe that would have just happened because of age. Um, you know, you, we get wiser, hopefully, as we get older. But um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely a, an, an interesting time. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's self-care to surround yourself with people uh, that are like-minded, that support you, and you can give support that lift each other. And I think that is also something that helps you tremendously grow because you, 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 have, you get this confidence. There's people that understand you. Yeah, so it's also kind of being in a, an accountability group. I think that is something that also helps you tr- drastically to move forward. Yeah, and also, um, yeah, I think you are a wonderful and strong woman. And I have my Wonder Woman mug here. Yeah, wonderfully. <laughs> Such a drastic experience that you went through. I mean, and you see, you you got out of that so much stronger, and um, you have this. Um, yeah, you are full of energy and power, and it's unbelievable what you're bringing to the world. I love that. <laughs> well, and you know, it's anything that I can do to help others now. I mean, that it, it's funny. You know, I say you know, don't volunteer, but at the same point, is how can you help people? Um, I was doing a, a one-on-one networking call yesterday with a young woman just starting out, and uh, you know, she was starting her business, and she uh, she was in Belgium, and um, she actually lives in the UK, but she was visiting friends in in Belgium while she was there, and um, and did her her chat with me, and. You know, we get partway through and I said, now I need you to tell me how I can help you. And it brought her up short. She said, nobody's ever asked me that. And she said, I honestly don't know how to respond. And I said, that's okay. I said, just, just keep in mind that there are people who want to help you and not expect anything in return. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's to help without expecting anything in return. And that's important. Right. And you, you do get things in return. You know, there, you know, it's, but, but yeah, you know, when you're not expecting it, that I think is, is the key. That's the key. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would like to know one more thing from you. Do you have any mm-hmm. advice for corporates who are shifting to solopreneurship who want to mm-hmm. become their own boss and their their face of their own company? Mm-hmm. Are there any branding, uh, let's say, pieces of advice mm-hmm. that you can give the audience? I think you you really need to sit down and think about what it is that you want to be known for, both as a company and as personal, especially if it's your company, because they're very intricately tied together. Um, you know, and and so you know, what do you want to be known for? And and you know, don't get so caught up in well, I have to do this color on the website because it's trendy and I have to be on Snapchat because that's where my audience is. You need the basics first. So, you know, what is it that you stand for? What, um, you know, and, and it can, you know, part of it too is, is some marketing things. You know, who are you trying to reach? I think one of the worst things that people do starting out and, you know, even years later is you, they don't know who their market is. Um, you know, I always love it when I ask people now, who is your target market? And they look at me and they smile sweetly and they say, everyone. No, <laughs> oh, you no. know, 
nobody's market is everyone. Um, and so you'll think about who that is. And, and that's very limiting. It's very scary because you're thinking, but there's all that money that's out there. That I, but they're not going to buy from you anyway. So figure all of those basics out before going. Um, but then the, I think probably one of the most important things is to just do it. You know, we get so caught up in that it has to be perfect before we do it that we don't do it. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, I, I had somebody tell me when I was starting my business that I had jumped off the diving board, but then I reached back up and grabbed it and, and was hanging on by my fingernails. And what that meant was I still had my other full-time job. And she said, until I had to do it. I, I wasn't really going to do it. And now, you know, that's, that's not always possible. Sometimes you need to start as a side job, some things like that. But until you think of it as a real job, a real career, as opposed to maybe a hobby, nobody else is going to take you seriously either. And so that is part of your brand. I mean, are you the person who kind of, sort of is doing this or the person who is a professional who is doing this as their, their, career as their life's work um you know and 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 it doesn't matter you know you can be a landscaper you can be you know whatever you have to kind of have that passion because we pick up on that right you know when when we're working with somebody and we know they don't want to be there yeah you feel that it's the energy that comes across mm -hmm. how you say it and how you do it right yeah mm -hmm. yeah i heard somebody just on the radio this morning he went into starbucks and you know got his his coffee and And he said, you know, he could tell the person didn't really want to be working. Now it's early, all those various things. And, and he said, I wasn't in a good mood either. And, and you know, the, they gave him coffee and he said, thank you. And they didn't respond. They just, you know, <laughs> and he said, and I told them, this is where you say you're welcome. <laughs> and, and, but it was, you know, his point was, it was so clear they didn't want to be there then why should they be there now? You know, they have bills to pay. They have to be there. Um, but you know, I, I live in the world of Chick-fil-A where they are taught that when you serve somebody, you say, thank you. It's been my pleasure to serve you. Exactly. And you know that they, they actually mean it, you know? It, yeah. It's just an hourly job where they're actually making pretty good money, but you know, it's, it, is it their pleasure to serve you? <laughs> but you know, when they say it's been my pleasure to serve you, You're like, oh, well, thank you. And then you smile at them and maybe you made their day. Absolutely, yeah. It's just a little smile at the end that just makes a mm -hmm. difference. Yeah, It could completely change somebody's day. I mean, maybe they were having a horrible, awful day and you smile at them. They're like, okay, maybe the world's not as bad a place as I thought it was. Yeah, right. Okay, Dab, um, I would like to do a quick word wrap before we finish it up. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready to give me quick and short answers? Sure. I can do quick and short. Yes, so we do. Women. Empowered. LinkedIn. Critical. Beagles. Love bugs. <laughs> we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> oh, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> Leadership. Not managers. Empowering important and last but not least brains critical super great See, i did short and sweet what do you know <laughs> so dad for listeners who would like to find more about you how do they get in touch with you well the easiest way is debcareer.com and that's d-e-b 
K-R-I-E-R.com. Um, and all of my social links are there. But the, the best social site to reach me on is LinkedIn. Um, there I'm Deborah Creer, so I'm a little more professional. Um, but you know, I think there's only three Deb Creers in the world, so it's pretty easy to find me. I think I'm the only redhead, um, and so it's it's pretty easy to find me on social media. But it, everything is at debcreer.com. They're gonna find you, Deb. Thank you so much for being my guest today, oh, Brian Stock. I have enjoyed this so much. I love it, and thank you so much. You're so welcome. It was really a pleasure having you on and talking about social media and in specific LinkedIn, um, yeah, and how you help C-level executives. Thank you so much, Deb. It was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that was my conversation with Deb Creer. If you like my show, head over to BridgetBrands.com and sign up for my newsletter to never miss an episode. I look forward to welcoming you in my community. Also, don't forget to subscribe to my Brands Talk podcast on your preferred app. Share it on social media. And if you find a minute or two, leave a quick rating or review. Thank you so much. I hope you will stay tuned in on the next episode when we dive into the world of brains.